are Fusion Church located in Fishkill, New York. Welcome to our podcast. We are deeply passionate about reaching people with the gospel and seeing lives changed. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message will inspire you and bring you hope. Enjoy. Good morning. Uh, today is our last part of our current series, The Seven Churches of Revelation. Um, and I know, I know um, it's sad. I know right now you're in your sofa, in your car, or wherever you may be um, tuning into Fusion uh, Church this morning online, and you're sad, and you're like, oh, no, why? Um, but, um, but, but cheer up. There will be other sermons, um, but it's just been such an incredible ride uh, during these last uh, couple of weeks as we've studied uh, the churches of uh, Revelation and how uh, God speaks to the churches and how it implies and it talks to us uh, today. And I know that the Spirit of God has been working in my life, and I know He's been working uh, in your life as well. And if this is the first time that you join us uh, uh, online, I want to I wanna ask you to go back uh, to the app or onto a website and go back and start from the first church uh, of Revelation, or you can also download our podcast and listen uh, to the messages that way as well. I pray that uh, that will be a blessing as well uh, to your life. And any other messages that you want to uh, hear, you can always go back to our YouTube channel, our, our app, or, or our podcast, uh, and you can go back to all the sermon series that we've been able to uh, preach and, and bring uh, to you guys, and I pray that it's a blessing uh, to your life. And if you are a new uh, um, visitor to our online campus, I hope this is not the last time. Uh, please let us know that this is your first time and, and share with you where you're from. Um, and those who, who are part of our online campus, God bless you this morning. It's great to see you once again um, as we continue our partnership uh, with you and you're part of the body of Christ and you are part of an amazing thing that God is doing at Fusion Church um, as well. But this morning, I want to I conclude with the last letter of um, uh, the seven churches of Revelation. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the church of Laodicea. And that's found in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 22. And I would like to read that just briefly so that we can know what Jesus said um, to this church. And in verse 14, it says, uh, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I am about to spit you out my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and, and salve to put in your eyes so that you can see. To whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I give the right to sit with me on my, on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever hears, who has ears, whoever has ears, I'm sorry, let, let hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So Jesus speaks to this church 
in Laodicea, and he makes uh, some strong remarks, some strong comments towards them and their deeds and what his reaction uh, to those deeds are. Um, and I want to let you know this morning that how we act and how we portray and how we live, um, especially when we are following Christ or we're followers of Christ, it, it gets a reaction from God when it's not the, when it's not the life that God wants us uh, to live. And Laodicea lied, lied 40 miles southeast from Philadelphia in the Locust Valley. Uh, and it is a modern-day Denzeli, Turkey. And it was a trade route that included four previous cities uh, to the north. Laodicea was known in the region for its economic prosperity, especially in the wool industry. Even, and even after suffering from a devastating earthquake, the city packed itself, picked, picked itself back up without the help of the empire. It was a wealthy city. But Jesus had a message for this booming and wealthy city. So Laodicea was rich, you can say. They were a booming economy. Um, they, were, they were makers of wool. Um, and and, and, and they, they had everything, you can say. And they were uh, on the center of a trade route. So you know, trade routes were very important back then for, for, for one place to get to another place. And when they had to go through your place, you had to make some adjustments or some agreements. And a lot of that had to do with money uh, 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 and, and, and selling those routes. So uh, um, Laodicea was rich and prosperous uh, um, place uh, to be. But Jesus begins in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, and he says to the angel of the church of Laodicea, these are the words of the Amen, uh, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. So Jesus begins and, ad- and identifies himself to the church of Laodicea, and he says that he is the Amen. And Jesus identifies himself as that, as I am the Amen, the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of God's creation. The name Amen indicates that he is God's perfect and final revelation. And the writer to the Hebrews affirmed that long ago and, and saying that at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets by these last days. He has spoken by his son. And that is in Hebrews chapter one, verse one through two. And Jesus identified himself as the amen, as the truth, as the, and when we say amen, we say, um, we in agreement. We are and it's a statement, it's the end. Jesus has not only the beginning statement, but he also has the last word. And in our lives and in the church's life, Jesus is our amen. He has the last word. He has the last say uh, in any discussion in, in his word. He tells you what the beginning is. And he's going to tell you what the end is. And in the same way in our lives, he dictates that will. So he is our amen. So he is uh, um, the one that we say to him when God tells us, this is what I want you to do. This is what I command you to do. This is what I want you uh, uh, from your life. This is what I want you to accomplish. This is what I've called you for. And we say amen. Why? Because we're in agreement. We want to be in agreement with him. We want to do his will. And Jesus is the amen. He is the first and the last. He is the alpha and omega. He is the finisher of all things. And when Jesus concludes in saying something, that's it. He has the final say. He has the final word. So he is going to have the final word over this church. And his statements are final and true uh, um, to the church of Laodicea. Even in our lives, he is our amen. And Jesus identifies himself as the faithful and true witness. This is Jesus. Um, and this was in contrast to what the Laodiceans were, um, uh, who will be who will be shown to either, neither be faithful nor true. And Jesus is also uh, God's reliable witness, who never swerved from the truth. The Laodiceans could could take His word to them face 
at face value. So he is a true and faithful witness. Jesus never swerved from the truth, church, this morning. What Jesus has established, he will follow. What Jesus has said, he will not sway from. He's not going to make an amendment to his truth. He's not going to change for us. He's not going to change his precepts for us. He's not going to change what he desires from us. He desires holiness. He desires holy living. He desires us to be intimate with him. He desires us to pray. He desires us to worship him. He desires us to serve him in spirit and in truth. He desires us to stay away from the enemy, from sin, from anything that, that, that is against him. And Jesus will never sway from the truth. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and no one comes to the Father if not through me. So Jesus is the establishment of truth. Jesus is the true and faithful witnesses to, to God and himself. That no one needs to give witness to him. He is the perfect witness to God's word and to who God is. He was a revelation of God uh, to us. So Jesus will never sway from the truth. Jesus will never sway you from the truth and he will never uh, lead you into, uh, into a, 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 a place where there's lies, a place where it's going to be separated you from, from him. Jesus is the truth, and, and we are to maintain ourselves in that truth. But the Laodiceans were, fir- were far away from the truth. The Laodiceans were living false. The Laodiceans were living a lie. The Laodiceans were living total opposite of what God wants the church to be. And he goes on to say that he is the ruler of creation. Just speaking of Christ. And in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 17. It says that the son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and things on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. The firstborn means that Jesus enjoys a privileged position uh, as God's son with exclusive rights to rule over creation. He is the beginning or, or the beginner or the originator um, of creation. What an, in, what an introduction uh, that Jesus gives to this church. He is the amen. He is uh, the true and faithful witness. He is the ruler of all creation. Jesus is pulling out the cards. Let me introduce myself. I'm just not anyone talking to you. Jesus is saying, I am the creator. I am God. I am of above all things. Nothing that exists, exists without me. I was there when God said, when the father said, let there be light. I was there when we, when we said, let there be light. I was there when we said, let there be an expansion between the waters. I was there in creation. I was there when Adam and Eve uh, were created. Why? Because I am God and I was the originator. I am the beginning and I am the end. I am the Alpha and Omega. This is the way Revelation uh, starts an introduction of him. So he is the creator and he's speaking to this church not only as the son of God, he's talking to them as God because that's what he is. And in Revelation 15 through 16, he says, I know your deeds and he cuts right to the chase. He cuts to their situation. And I love that about God. God doesn't cut corners. God doesn't extend. God doesn't try to beat around the bush. One thing I love about Jesus, one thing I love, I love about God, the Holy Spirit, is that he cuts to the chase. If there's something wrong, he gets right to it. He touches that part of your life. He speaks to that part of your life. He speaks to you and he's direct. And whatever it is that we need to fix, he, he, he goes right after it. I love of God because he does not beat around the bush, nor does he try to make it easy. He comes to us and he speaks to us directly into our situation and where we find ourselves at that given 
moment. And he says, I know your deeds. Only God can know what we do intimately. Only God can know everything that we do. He says, I know. In other words, I'm sure that what I'm telling you is true and it's faithful. I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot. So let the Laodicean church wasn't cold and they weren't hot either. And he says, I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's really harsh, tough words that Jesus is saying um, to this church that they don't find themselves in a in a, in a position. In other words, you, you're neither here nor there. And, and sometimes what we want in our own personal lives, especially with people or things, we, we love consistency. We love uh, things to be in a certain way. We don't want someone that double talks. We don't want someone that's one day on this side and one day on the other side. We Sometimes we don't want neutral people. We want people that are either going to be agree with us or disagree with us. It's either yes or no, agree or disagree. We want an answer. And the and a lot of the sayings weren't either hot or they weren't cold. It was almost as they were in the middle on both on both sides. And that's why Jesus calls them lukewarm. And, and I want to give you a, a background of what, what, what Jesus is using in the sense of them being lukewarm. Um, and and th- there, w- there was no convenient water source in, in the city of Laodicea. Laodicea had to transport their water through ad- 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 aqueducts. From springs that were miles away. So there was no water. They had to, they basically had to uh, transport their water miles away uh, to them. By the time those waters reached Laodicea, after several miles traveling in stone pipes, they had lost their desired temperature. They had, they became lukewarm and thus useless for either healing or refreshment. Drinking this type of water will make you want to spit it out your mouth. So Jesus uses uh, um, this aqueducts that they're using for water as an example of what they were. And these, this water, when it got to them, it was undrinkable. It was, it, it made you, it made you throw up. It made you, it wasn't room temperature water. It was just water that when you drank, it was just nasty. And it, uh, I don't know about you. I, I don't know if you ever drank water, uh, uh, that, that, that maybe you forgot it was sitting there for a while. It wasn't not room temperature. It's not cold, no hot. It's just straight up nasty. It makes you want to throw up. It just doesn't feel well when you're drinking it. Jesus is saying that they make him throw up. They make him want to spit them, spit it out because their lives didn't reflect what God wanted. The holiness, the, the dedication, the commitment. They weren't living right. Uh, for Jesus, and I think this is very harsh. As as I as I uh, uh, um, reflect on that, I'm, I'm like, I don't know about you. I don't want I don't want Jesus to spit to spit me uh, me out of his mouth. I don't want Jesus to reject me to say that I find you disgusting. To say that I find that what you're doing in my eyes, I can't even look at it because we know when we use the word disgusting, it's something that makes us feel a certain way. We don't even want to look at it. We don't want it even in the area. We don't want it around us. Something that's just not good. Have you ever seen food that's been left or or that might smell or, or you? We, you, we just don't want to be around that stuff. And Jesus is saying, I don't even want to be around you. You, you, make me, you make me feel a certain way. I don't even want to look at you. And this church made Jesus feel that way. I, 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 I want to do everything possible to, for God to say, hmm, angel, you, you're tasty. Oh, angel, you smell good. Your, your worship smells good. Your prayer to me is an incense, and, 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 I, and, and, I, and I receive it. I receive your life. I receive your works. I receive what you do. I receive what you do for me because you're doing it out of, out of love. You're doing it out of faithfulness to me. You're doing it out of 
out of wanting to because you love me, not anything else. You're not, you're, you're not doing it uh, for pride. You're not doing it for your own personal gain. You're not tapping yourself in the back. You're not, you're, you're not doing it for your own name's sake. You know, and, and God loves those who are doing things that are for him, but those who are doing things incorrectly, God detests, God rejects, God puts aside. God does not even consider uh, uh, um, your life in that way. And the church of Laodicea was, was like this water. And they, were, they weren't either hot and they weren't either cold. It was, it was as if their lives were comfortable. Where they were like, I'll give you a little bit of Jesus. Not too much commitment because I want, I, I want to put my foot on this side as well. Like I, 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 I want to I I serve money. I want to serve the economy. And they were so rich and wealthy that maybe the money, maybe the, the, the materialism, that which they had. And they were like, you know what? Maybe I don't need Jesus like you know, sometimes we get too comfortable and everything's going so great that sometimes we put God in the back burner and we're like, yeah, I'll talk to you when, when, when if things get bad. And, and they, were, they were like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to the service. I'm going to sing a couple of songs, but I'm not I'm not going to be too committed because I, I, I love this as well. This, you know, in other words, it's trying to fill your life with some Jesus, some materialism. And Jesus says, I do not. I do not. Uh, um, share my throne with anyone. I do not share my, my, your heart with anyone. God is a jealous God. He wants all of you or none of you. And they were, they were on both sides of the fence. And how many know that scripture tells us that we can't serve two masters. We can't serve money and we can't serve God. We can't serve materialism. We can't serve God. We can't, we can't love the world and love God. You either going to love one and hate the other. So I, I urge you this morning to love God and not love that which is which is of the world and place that on the throne of your heart and expect Jesus to say, okay, we can both fit in this seat. Jesus wants the whole throne of your life and of your heart. And the, 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 this church, they were comfortable. And Jesus states that the church was as nasty as that drinking water. It was disgusting. And the point is that you cannot be hot and cold at the same uh, time. Um, have you ever had lukewarm water? Have you ever, and I'm not talking about room temperature water, lukewarm water, uh, it's nasty. It makes you want to throw up. And sometimes my mom would give me that when my stomach was bad and I felt like nauseous. But you, you, you know those, you know your children and, and when, when, when they couldn't throw up and either they tell you to do the finger. My mom was like, drink that. I guarantee you it'll come out, come out. And yeah, it worked. It was nasty. Um, and, and, and my mom had uh, did this when we were nauseous. And I know the, the, the nastiness of that water. And to be placed in that in that situation, to be placed and labeled that must have been hurtful, must have been a, 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 a reflection of, oh, wow, why, why, are, we, why are we being spoken to uh, in this way? Because you cannot have two feet in two different uh, places. If you intend on following Christ, it means that you are fully committed to him. You are fully committed to uh, his word. You are fully committed and being, being obedient. You cannot be committed to Jesus and something else at the same time. The fact that they were not fully committed bothered Jesus. They were comfortable. It's almost as if they, 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 they came in and, and it was going through the motions. And how many of you know that our emotions lead us astray? The heart is deceitful and it makes us feel a certain way. And they might have felt like, you know, everything's okay. I'm good. You know, I got my house. I got my job. I got money in the bank. I got a car. I got a wonderful family. I got food in the fridge. I mean, the heat's paid. The bills are paid. I got money to travel. I could go anywhere I I want uh, uh, the job is great, and then we, we we forget that the author, the originator. If we go back to the beginning of this chapter, the originator, the creator of all things, is 
Jesus. You cannot worship creation over the creator. You cannot put things in front of you and, uh, uh, that are more important than God. And the, the, this church, the Laodicean church, did exactly that. And they were comfortable. They weren't committed. They weren't preaching the gospel. They weren't, they weren't uh, fulfilling what the church was supposed to do. They were, just, they were just good, just going to church and coming home, enjoying the week, enjoying the, their lifestyles, and forgetting about our lost world, forgetting about the work of the church, maybe the missionary work, feeding the, the homeless and helping the widows. And they, they were all just stuck on their prosperity and their money and their wealth and, and the economy that they forgot about Jesus. They had them in the back uh, burning the tr- the church grows lukewarm in their faith and zeal for Jesus. There was no zeal. There was no desire. And I and this morning, as I reflect, I said, God, I pray that my desire for you never changes. That my my zeal, my want, no matter what you've given me, doesn't change. That the same way I served you when I had nothing. It's the same way I serve you now that I have some, uh, that I don't forget that it was you that has given me my family. It was you that has given me my job. It is you that has given me my vehicle. You have given me my home, that which I have, my clothing. I may not be rich beyond uh, uh, imagination, not do I desire it. God, everything that I have comes from you. And I and the same God that blessed me because of that zeal, because of, of serving him, of being faithful and obedient and praying and seeking him his face that even what I have may I not change may I be even more uh, 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 a zeal may I have more zeal for you knowing and thanking you not only for what you've done for what you're doing and for what you will do in my life may the zeal of Jesus of serving him never fail in our lives the way it failed in the lives of the Lacedonian church and there's a danger one of the most dangerous things a Christian can do is go with emotions um, and not caring either way. They didn't care. They didn't care if they were right with God. They didn't care if they were sinning. They didn't care if, uh, any, about anything. It was just like, it was just going, uh, through the motions. And Jesus would either, either have this hot or cold. And Jesus says, you know what? It's better that you be hot or cold rather than lukewarm. Uh, at least you're not in the middle, but, uh, you know, you're, you're here or there. Not that God wants you cold, but at least you're cold. Uh, not that God, uh, uh, uh God desires us to be Hot for him, but not in the middle, serving two different things and trying to say that it's okay uh, and convincing ourselves that God is okay with us giving him 25% or 50% and everything else 50%. God wants us all completely. That means doing just enough to stay com- connected, but not committed. Your heart is not it. Your heart is not in it completely. Their hearts weren't in it uh, completely. They weren't committed. Uh, our desires become half-hearted. Uh, you, uh, um, you need your, your need is not genuine. Um, uh, your your love is insincere. This church was you're treading on on a rough road, and Jesus was pointing it out. You know when I mean when I speak about insincere, it means when you pray, you just go pray for the motions. You just repeat sayings, or you're like, you know what, God, you're great, God, you're good, but there is no feeling. It's, it, it, there's no in, there's no sincere. In other words, who you are before God's throne is not really what you are. What you're going through, uh, you know, or when you pray, you God, this is who I am. God, help me. God, I'm struggling. Struggling. God, I'm going through. I'm going through some difficulties. God, I'm going through through pain. Lord, forgive me for the sins I've committed. Lord, you know my past. You you know my negative thoughts. You know my hurts. You know my you, you know my family. You and, and we are sincere with God of what everything is going on in our lives. And this church, when they prayed, they just prayed as if it was nothing. They were insincere. There was no love. It was just going through the motions and thinking that it was okay uh, to live that way. And Jesus says, No, no, no. I'm going to point out. 
if the way that you're living and your half uh, commitment and your and your insincere and your and, and your ins- and your insincere love and your insincere commitment is not is is not right before my sight. And in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, uh, um, Jesus points out why they're insincere, why they're lukewarm, and what's going on with them. And in verse 17, he says, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. What, what a contrast. You know, the church at Laodicea lacked a sense of spiritual poverty. They didn't know that with all these riches that they claimed to have, they were empty inside of him. They were empty of Jesus. Why? Because nothing that you can obtain in this world, I, I, whether it's properties, whether it's the highest point, whether it's fame, whether it's glory, whether it's the hall of fame, whether it's uh, uh, the golden globes and all the, all, the, all the trophies that you may have, no matter what you obtain in this world, it will never fill the void that your soul has in needing Jesus Christ. And they, they lacked a sense of spiritual or poverty that they, they had no connection with God and it didn't bother them. It, it didn't, it didn't uh, uh, lead them to repentance. It didn't lead them to recognizing, man, you know what? I, I feel weird. I, I don't have peace. I, I don't have a connection with God. Uh, wh- wh- what am I going to do to, to fix this? You know, and I reflect like, uh, what am I going to do? Uh, how can, I, how, how can I, I fix this? How can my relationship with God be, be restored this morning? How can my, my conversations with God be restored? How can I receive that joy that I had uh, uh, in the beginning? Uh, uh, how can, what, what do I need to remove in my life that maybe has, has broken my relationship with God and I don't even know it? And, and I thought I was okay, but I'm really not okay. And now that I think about it, I, I, I need Jesus and, and I'm willing uh, to give up uh, everything uh, so that I can have that. I'm willing to give up everything that, that, I, that I possibly can so that I can have the relationship with God because nothing else in this world matters. Uh, nothing more, money cannot be more important than Jesus. Properties don't, don't bring me joy. Uh, 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 materialism, I, I'm not happy. I have everything, but I'm not happy, Pastor Angel, because your soul is longing for Jesus. It's longing for the only one that can give you that which you're searching for and it's Jesus Christ and what Jesus access of me he acts of you is to go into your closet and remove those things that that are in there that shouldn't be in there and jesus is saying let me go in let me clean it up the only one that should be in your heart the only desire that you should have you should be zealous the desire to reach to reach the goals in your life is in me seek me and all things shall be added unto you jesus should be number one and they they were in a sense and didn't even sense their spiritual uh, poverty uh, in their lives. They looked at their spiritual condition and said, rich. In other words, I'm okay. I'm rich. I don't need anything else. And they looked again and said, wealthy. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. And they looked a third time and said, we need of nothing. Yeah, that, you, do, you know, do you understand the, the dangerous uh, words that you can say and, uh, in that manner? Let me repeat that. Do you, do you know the dangers of saying that you don't need Jesus? That you say, you don't need God, I got it all? I've done it all by myself. Look, everything that I've accomplished, look at me. There was a king, Nebuchadnezzar, that did the same thing, and he wound up eating grass for seven years, trying to tell the glory uh, from God. It's a dangerous place when we say we don't need God because we already have everything. We've made it. We've achieved it. 
And we forget about God. And it was him who took us to where we are. It was him that opened that door to the blessing that you have today. It was him that answered your prayer. Yeah, that prayer that you had when you felt that there was nothing else, nothing that you could do. When you said, God, you are my last resort. God, if you don't do this now, I don't know what's going to happen to me. God, if you don't work in my family, we're going to be destroyed. God, if you don't fix my marriage, I'm going to, uh, this is going to end. And I'm going to, and I'm going to destroy uh, that which uh, I love so much. God, if you don't, God, if you don't, do you remember those prayers this morning? I was reflecting on all the times I prayed and God took me out of certain situations which were dangerous, situations where I needed him uh, to the max and to, and to one day say, hey, I've done this on my own and I don't need God. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. Oh, that, what a dangerous thing to do to ignore God and, as if he never did anything in your life and you accomplished all these things um, on your own. And this church was looking at everything they had and God was in the back burner. They looked a third time and they said, you know, I, I don't need leak nothing. And they were the opposite of blessed are the poor in spirit, which Jesus spoke about in Matthew 5, verse 3. Never think you have it all and not need Jesus. Never think you've attained everything this morning and not need Jesus. I'm going to tell you that no matter everything that you've obtained can be taken away in a second. But Jesus, if he's in your life, could never be taken away. We are his and we are his forever. Never think that you can't lose what you got. Never think that this is forever. Never think that what you have can never be lost. Uh, and Jesus taking away exactly that which you've achieved because you've denied and you've put him to the side. I'm going to tell you that the best thing that you have in this world, his name is Jesus. Do not lose it. Do not give it away. Do not mistreat it. Do not say you don't need it. Jesus is more valuable than gold. Jesus is more valuable than life itself. Jesus is more valuable than anything you can possibly own. Jesus is the most important thing in your life this morning. And this church forgot why they were wealthy. They forgot why they've achieved what they've achieved. It wasn't it went by their own works. It wasn't because they did it. It was because God gave them everything that they had and they forgot that as well. Sometimes uh, we are going so well that there's money in the bank. The fridge is packed. Bills are paid. Not a care in the world. And we begin to think, I, I accomplished this. I worked hard for this. I am the reason why this is working. I have given up my time. I have, I have, I have. And, we be, and instead of saying, God has blessed me, God has given me, now it turns into I, I, I. And that, that, that brings pride. That brings arrogance as if, as if you have obtained it all yourself. We begin to think that we are self-sufficient. We begin to think that we need no one, that we need nothing. The Lacedonian church saw itself as a rich and prosperous place. But Jesus saw it as poor. Undoubtedly, some wealthy bankers were members of the church and contributed generously to his offerings. But the church was spiritually bankrupt. The church felt it needed nothing, but actually it needed what only Jesus could give. And, and as the saying goes, money cannot buy happiness. So yes, not only were they wealthy, the church had income because the wealthy were tithing, they were giving uh, to the church. So as a church, they felt as if we got everything. We can buy whatever we want. The nicest uh, AVL equipment. <laughs> Back then they didn't have that. But I'm just paraphrasing. Uh, the nicest seats. The most beautiful altar. Uh, maybe a, a cross of Christ. Uh, we can make the, we can paint. We can, we can make everything. But how many of you know that it's not the building? We are the church. Us. It, it's not the building. Although they had all the riches and the wealth, they had, no, they had nothing of God. Empty. No presence of God, just religion. 
Uh, they continued to obtain, yet they had no joy. Uh, they continued to climb, but never seemed happy. They continued to obtain, but yet something was missing. Uh, if, if you look around and you see uh, um, stars and, and baseball players and, 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 and movie stars, and you see that as they obtain it and they, and they go for more and more and more, it seems like they, they try to fill themselves with more and more and more because the more they obtain, the uh, unhappy that they feel. The more they obtain, uh, it seems like they need more to, to have that temporary fix. Why? Because the only one that can give us the longing that our soul desires isn't Jesus Christ. It's not what you can obtain. Maybe today you might be feeling this way. You seem to be uh, successful and something seems to be missing. Maybe, uh, maybe on the way to success, God was left um, on the side. Uh, but today, there's an opportunity for you to say, God, I, 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 I want what's missing. I want you, Jesus, uh, come into my heart, come into my life. You know, uh, uh, maybe there's no need to pray anymore because... Uh, you have what you need. Uh, maybe there's no desire to read scripture uh, anymore. You begin to rely on yourself. And with every step you, you took to get to where you are, it was steps taken away from the presence uh, of God. It's scary and a fearful place to have so much yet feel as you have nothing. And so many uh, people are longing uh, for that something. And, and, and even though they have everything, and they walk around and their, their properties and everything in this world, yet they still feel, feel alone. They still feel hopeless. They feel like uh, uh, they can't fill that void. They can't feel that which they need. And it's the only one that can do that. Uh, it's Jesus. And Jesus was telling them, you think, you're saying that you have rich, that you have everything. But you're naked, you're poor. You don't have what you think you have. And Laodicea was famous for his healing eye salve. But the Christians in the city were spiritually blind. They were, they were known for this medication that they, uh, an eye salve that would, that would, uh, heal blindness or if they had issues, uh, in their eyes. Odysseus was famous for his fine clothing, but the Christians of the city were spiritually naked. What Jesus saw in them was more important than how they saw themselves. They were spiritually blind. They couldn't see their own nakedness. They couldn't see their own. They got to the point they, could, they couldn't even see within themselves that they were nowhere near God, that they weren't being blessed, that they weren't receiving anything from God. And God is saying, you know, you who have medicine for the eyes, you do not have the cure for your blindness. I have the cure for your blindness. You, 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 you dress yourself in fine linen, but in actually your spiritual life, you are naked and I can clothe you. And Jesus uses what they can do and what they're, what they're famous for and what they're rich for, wool and this, and this medication for the eyes. And Jesus is using that as a parallel that you can, you have this medication, but this, this, but you, can, you, but you are spiritually blind. And what Jesus saw in them was more important than what they saw in themselves. And sometimes we don't see the road that we're taking. Sometimes we don't see what's going on in our own lives. And God reveals that to us. He opens our eyes and we, we should pray, God, remove anything in my life that, that, is, that is not right. Remove anything in, in, in my heart that is not right. Remove anything uh, that I'm doing that, 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 might, that goes against your word, Lord. Help me see what I'm not seeing. Uh, you, Lord, that you may put your hand over my eyes and remove the blindness uh, that, that, that is not letting me see the things in my life that might be hindering my relationship uh, with you. And the church in Smyrna thought they were poor when they were really rich. But the church of the Laodiceans believed that they were rich when they were really poor. We might say that it all began with spiritual blindness. If you are blind, you can't look at yourself and see that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and naked. 
Mental darkness is worse than the loss of sight. But a loss of spiritual vision is even worse. But Jesus gives them a word of counsel. You know, no matter where you are this morning, no matter how you feel this morning, maybe, maybe you might be saying, Pastor Angel, yeah, my eye, you know, I, 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 I don't have that relationship and, and I can't see and, and my mind doesn't let me per- perceive and, 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 and I, and I want to come back to God and, and, and I want to change uh, my thoughts and I want to change my, my speech and I want to change my relationship with Jesus. I, I feel like it's not the same. I feel, I feel like I'm not hot and I'm not warm. I'm in the middle and, and I need to be somewhere. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that he's always there to give you a helping hand, that Jesus is always there to bring you in to love you to comfort you even when he's upset even when he's angry even when he's bothered even when he says things like he said in the beginning that that they discuss him they wanted to spit them out their mouth jesus wants us to turn and repent and come to him and he's a loving father with his open hands waiting for us and he gives us counsel and in revelation 3 verse 18 uh, jesus says i counsel you to buy from me a gold and refined fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put in your eyes so that you can see. And Jesus advised it to buy pure gold from him. He also offers a church white garments and eye ointment and gold garments and the eye salve will say as chief ex- exports like we stated before. And the apostle Peter described faith approved by the test of fire as much more valuable than gold. And in First Peter verse 7, the Laodiceans boasted about their wealth, but they needed genuine faith that was far more valuable than material wealth. Their faith was not genuine. And the city was famous for manufacturing wool, but Jesus offered the church members white garments that would cover the spiritual nakedness. This wasn't a physical thing. It was a spiritual um, covering. That the Laodicean church was blind to the spiritual realities. It was focused on earthly comforts and prosperity. Laodicea was well known throughout the region for its production of eye salve that was used to treat uh, a number of eye diseases, but yet they couldn't treat the diseases in the spiritual eyes. And Jesus offered salve that could cure spiritual blindness. Symbolically speaking, if the Laodiceans applied the eye salve Jesus offered, they would be able to see their lukewarm condition and subsequently repent. Once we know, once we've been revealed in our nakedness, once our sin has been revealed, once we find ourselves in the presence of God and we don't feel right and we feel dirty and everything is exposed, we make a decision to say, I don't want to feel this way. I don't know about you. When I go play baseball or I go play basketball and I'm almost sweating, I don't feel good. I feel icky. The first thing I do at home when I get home is I want to go into the shower. I want to cleanse myself and I want to be clean. You put that nice soap, a nice body wash and you start smelling yourself. Ooh, autumn spring rise. And you smell great. And it's the same thing in the presence of God. We don't want to be dirty. We don't want to be exposed in that way. And Jesus says that I can cleanse your eyes. I can, I can cover your shamefulness i will clean you i will help you i will restore you i will bring you back to good graces in my presence jesus can change and all we need to do is turn around and say god i repent i repent for wanting for wanting uh, uh, things that are not you i repent for putting things before you i repent by not praying i repent by not seeking you i repent by seeking things that are not going to fill me and jesus is saying if you repent I will restore you. I will change you. I will bring you back to where you belong in my presence. The door is not closed. Why? Because although Jesus disciplines, although what Jesus brings to account, he is a loving father. And in Revelation verse 319, um, 
uh, when we undergo discipline, we should not think of that God has abandoned us. Indeed, he is investing time in our spiritual education. His purpose is not to make, to make us bitter, but to make us better. I'm going to repeat that. His purpose is not to make us bitter, but to make us better. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. I don't know about you. I never liked uh, uh, game discipline by my parents. I, I never liked it at all. But, uh, but I know that when, now that I'm older, after a while you recognize that they did it for the best it's for your best interest it's to help you it's to keep you out of trouble it's so that you won't go down the wrong road everything that they did was for a reason and no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful and later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been uh, trained for those who have been corrected for those who have been guided by God Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says repent Turn away from that which is making you lukewarm and turn to me uh, 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 hot. Um, let me repeat that because not, that's not Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews uh, chapter 12 uh, verse 11. Um, and, and it gives us to repent, to turn away from that which is making you lukewarm and to turn to me and me hot. And that's what Jesus is saying. Turn to me, but don't turn to me cold. Don't turn to me lukewarm. Turn to me hot. And Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 Jesus gives an invitation and he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they will eat with me. Does Jesus have a place in your home? And when I mean your, not only your home, but your home, does he have a seat at your table? Does Jesus have a chair? Is he welcome for dinner? Is he welcome into your heart? Is he welcome into your life? Does Jesus have a seat at the table? The church of Laodicea had Jesus on the outside. Imagine that. He was not invited to the worship service. We're going to sing and we're going to do things, but you are not invited. And Jesus is saying, I'm standing at the door knocking. Imagine that. Jesus is knocking on the door to enter his own church. To be a part of this church, not only in, in the worship in the temple, in their hearts, in their lives. Jesus is knocking. Believers who, who professed following Christ, to, to, who profess believers of God, that Jesus himself is knocking so that you can let him in. How crazy was that, that Jesus was the outside and he's telling this church, I stand at the door and knock. Can you let me in? Can you let me into the church that I establish? Can you let me into your life? Since you say you are Christian, since you say you serve me, since you say you know me, since you say you live for me, but yet I am not in your life, God is saying, no, you're living by the motions. You're living in, uh, uh, what I, uh, in the way that I don't want you to live. You're living something that's contrary to me, and, and in your own life, I am not invited, yet you, yet you say you follow Jesus. That was very rough to, to feel and to reflect. Do, uh, uh, do sometimes, do we live as if Jesus was not invited to the party. Yeah, it's his party. Imagine, imagine Angel having a birthday party and you guys throw it. July 18th, just saying. I love surprise parties. I actually just share with my wife. I love parties. Uh, but imagine you throwing a party on July 18th for, for Pastor Angel, but yet Pastor Angel is not invited. How, how, how is that? How does that make sense? And I was like, oh my, uh, why would they not invite? Why would, why would he be not invited uh, to the services of their lives. Their lives had, had no room for him. Yeah, Jesus knocks on the door of our hearts and sometimes we have no room. 
We have no room, not even a little space for him because we have so much in our hearts that are more important, so many things that we desire, so many things that are, that are in there that, 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 that is more pertinent than he is at the time and there was no room in their hearts. But yet Jesus is knocking. And what, what, what should we do this morning is we must let him in. He will not force his way in. He's a gentleman. He's going to knock. He wants to establish a relationship with us. The voice of Jesus uh, in our lives, and, and, and we know the, uh, 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 in John, uh, um, it states, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has, who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Those who hear the voice, they follow him. Unfortunately, the church of Laodicea were not listening to his voice. They either did not hear his voice or could not recognize it. They got to the point that they were, they were, they were spiritually gone. They were in spiritual poverty that their ears didn't hear the voice of God anymore or either they ignored it. They were so far away from him, they couldn't hear the voice of God. I don't know about you, but if someone that I know knocks on the door, I, recommend, I recognize their voice and in confidence, I open the door. But can it, can it come a time where someone that you know that you haven't spoken to for a while, that you don't have that relationship with them anymore, they can knock on your door and you might not recognize them anymore? Do you recognize the voice of God this morning if he spoke to you? Do you recognize if it's him that's speaking uh, to you? Uh, are you? Or are you ignoring what God is telling you in your life? How long have you been going without hearing the voice of God? How long have you been... Not reading scripture, because that's the way that God can speak to you. I'm not talking about just an audible voice, but through a scripture. How, how, many, uh, how long have you gone without worshiping? When was the last time you were able to raise your hands and, and, and worship God and, and have a communication with him through worship? How many times, how long has it been since you've heard the message of God? And when I'm talking about the message, it's not just hearing and ignoring, but letting the message of God penetrate into your heart and change you and transform you and work in the places that God needs to work in our lives, no matter how hard, no matter how painful, no matter how strong it might be, but it might be the necessary thing that you need so you can get out of the rut or the situation that you're in. And God is saying, how long has it been since I've spoken to you? How long has it been? Have you heard me? How long have I been knocking uh, in your life? But the door seems to stay shut. Jesus wants us to sit down. Jesus wants to sit down and eat with you. Not everyone has a seat at the table. He wants, he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. Not everyone in, is invited to your home, right? Not everyone sits at the table. Only people that are close to you, people that you want, that you desire, will sit at the table. And Jesus wants that position. Jesus wants the VIP seat. He wants to be the head of the table. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to break bread with you. He wants to conversate with you. He wants to have that intimate relationship with you. Not only one day, not only half a day, not every other day, every single day, he wants to have an intimate relationship with you, a conversation uh, with you. And he goes on to say that in verse 21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever hears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, there's a place for you next to Jesus. But only next to Jesus. Without Jesus, your roadmap to a victorious life will be unsuccessful. Don't try to win the battle on your own. The victory will be won only in him. Jesus 
Jesus' life is our model. He demonstrated his reliance on the Father in all that he did. And the church of Laodicea was self-reliant. Their reliance was in their riches uh, and their materialism. Um, uh, my life, I want to be, be as close to Jesus as possible. In the same way Jesus was obedient to the Father in everything, in the same way that he seeked the Father's will, he prayed, he listened, he heard. And in that same way, I want to be able to live in that model life where I am not, we're having a relationship uh, uh, with the Father. So many times when Jesus broke the fish and fed the 5,000, he says, Father, I, I know that you always hear me. In front of uh, Lazarus' tomb, he said, Father, you always hear me. There was a relationship. There was an intimacy that he knew. There was a peace that he knew that him and the Father had a connection. I want that connection. I want to be able to speak to him uh, uh, boldly. I want to be able to, to talk to him boldly and receive from him boldly and have a communication with him and receive from him and walk with him and talk with him and have a relationship with the creator of the universe, the amen, the originator, the creator all things were made for him and by him. He is the God of the invisible and the visible. He is above all things. All things were created for him and by him. I want a relationship with the creator of the universe who allows me to approach him with grace, to approach his throne and to speak with him and share with him and that he can know me and that I can know him. I want that relationship with Jesus and not only do I want it, I never want to lose it. I never want anything in my life to take away that relationship with Jesus. Yes, we are imperfect. Yes, we are going to sin but the minute that we do something to break that relationship he wants us to run to him and, and, and repent and say God I messed up and he's going to go don't worry about it let's talk about it let me help you let me fix it let me restore you let me change you let me heal you let me transform you I want that relationship with Jesus Christ in my life and the lives of Syrian church will suffer lying on so many other things to try to fix themselves using other things that are more important and they forgot that the most important thing that they had in their lives was Jesus Christ they were reliant on their riches and materialism. God wants us to live according to his word. God wants us to live according to his truth. God, wa God wants us to, to stay away from the dangers uh, 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 of sin and what it can do into our lives. He wants to be the center of your heart, of your life, of your marriage, of your family, of your finances, of everything that you do. He wants to be front and, and the center of all those things and much, much more uh, this morning. That, that will lead us to a productive and victorious life. I believe that those who live for God and are obedient to God and to his word, they will be victorious no matter what the opposition um, comes against us. The opposite will lead to strife. It will lead to no peace. You will never be satisfied with anything in this life that takes the place of God. Searching for things that will fill your life for a temporary moment. But then the pain comes back, the sorrow comes back, the loneliness comes back. The vices will help you only for a little while. But Jesus' healing, Jesus' change, transformation is forever. It's eternal. Let's hear what the Spirit says, is saying to the churches today. Let's hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us through the Laodicean church uh, this morning. You know, if you need Jesus uh, this morning, if you, if you need that transformation in your life, I'm going to repeat that. You know, if, if you're hearing from me for the first time this morning and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray with you this morning. If you're going through situations and troubles, I want to pray with you this morning. If you've allowed things in your life that, are, uh, that, are, that have taken the place of God because you've given so much time and so much importance and you're totally uh, in a place where, oh man, I've been so busy that I've, I've strayed a little bit. 
and I haven't been reading as much, Pastor Angel. I haven't been praying as much. I haven't been attending services as much. I haven't been in, in, in the presence of God as much. I want to pray for you this morning because Jesus is a loving God, a transforming God, a, a, a restorative God, and a God that loves you and is always willing with open arms to receive you uh, um, uh, from you. And I know that God loves us. But he's also a God that disciplines and corrects us and says, hey, we need to change this area. And I'm not going to sway myself. I'm not going to remove myself in the situation many times where I feel like God had to be like, hey, dude, you didn't pray today. Hey, uh, you're not reading as much. And I feel like sometimes life, things tends to come in. I got to take a step and go, no, no, I got to make my priorities. God has to be more important than anything else. So I am not perfect. I have messed up. I have run to God so many times that he's received me. Same God that received me will receive you. And the same God that saved me will save you today if you're looking for uh, salvation. I want to pray with you this morning. Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for your warnings. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being our amen, Lord. Uh, Lord, and I pray this morning for anyone that is going through situations this morning, Lord. Uh, maybe things that have taken place in their lives and, and they for, they've strayed away, God. And they've, uh, they've maybe... Uh, looking for other things and they've uh, uh, trying to achieve goals which is not bad God you you bless us and you give us so many things Lord but you want us to keep our focus on you Lord so I pray Lord that the focus may change in their lives that you may be the priority my God before all things Lord seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be added unto you those are your words uh, my God so we are going to be blessed on this earth but you tell us to seek you first to seek your things first to seek uh, um, everything that you offer first my God and I thank you Lord for the for the work you're doing in our lives I thank you for the seven churches of revelation I thank you for the messages I thank you for the transformation you've done uh, in our lives my God in Jesus name uh, we pray amen and amen God bless you guys God keep you and I will see you uh, next week Hope you enjoyed our podcast. We have a new message that comes out every week. You can click the link in the description below to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or jump onto our website at fusionchurchny.com for more information. We would like you to be a part of what God is doing at Fusion Church, so please subscribe to our podcast and share it on social media. Make sure you tag us. We want to get to know you and feel free to rate us and leave a review.